0: spin san school helping you navigate back to college in 2021 you are very welcome to spin san old with me louise cantillon spin san old is proudly sponsored by griffith college limerick hit refresh with griffith college at griffithcollege.ie this is the final episode of this series. We have had eight fantastic guests across the last number of weeks we have debated and discussed and explored student rent, budgeting, joining clubs and societies, minding your mental health, taking care and exploring your sexual health, to name but a few topics over the course of Spin Sonalskull 2021. You can, of course, listen back to all previous episodes. Simply search Spin Sonalskull wherever you get your podcasts. On this morning's show, I am delighted to be wrapping up this series with a guest that I think couldn't be more fitting. Joining us this morning on Spins and Skull is Minister for Further Education and Skills Minister Niall Collins. There is plenty up for discussion on this morning's show and as I mentioned it's quite fitting because I think this is an opportunity for us to fully discuss and debate some of the topics that we have explored over the last number of weeks. We will speak this morning about the Susie Grant, the scheme changes that were announced as part of Budget 22, the 68 million euro that has been allocated to higher education and Ireland in the budget. Of course, we will talk about the ongoing student rental crisis in Ireland, the further supports for student mental health facilities across the country, and the announcement of free contraception for women aged between 17 and 25 years old. I think it's fair to say and it is definitely clear that some major issues have been addressed, by the government in recent months and weeks. But core problems remain unanswered. And hopefully this morning we will have an opportunity to discuss some of those fundamental problems. Minister Collins, you are most welcome to spin Sunil Skull. And I might just ask you to start this morning's show by taking us through some of the biggest wins for college students in Budget
1: 22. OK, thanks, Louise. Um, OK, so there there has been a, a major focus, in my view, on youth um, younger people, and in particular, students in the budget. And you've alluded to some of them there in your introduction. So I, I suppose one of the big ones is the whole uh, SUSE student support grant scheme. Now, currently, we're, we're doing an entire review of the whole scheme. Um, since its inception, the, the SUSE scheme has never uh, been reviewed. There's never been a proper look at it. How is it working? Is it working well? Where can it work better? What can we do different? All that kind of stuff. Stuff. So that's underway. Um, and it has yet to conclude, but we we didn't um, use that as a, as an excuse to avoid the issue during budget the preparation, of budget twenty twenty two. So we have made some changes. So straight away across the board, um, there's a two hundred euro increase in the basic rate of the of the grant. But that's not really the the main uh, winner out of it. It's the the non adjacent rate. Now this is uh, you will understand this, uh, Louise. This is where. Um, students previously had to live um, more than 40 or had to be from more than 45 kilometres from the college or, or institution that they are attending um, to avail of the top up on, on the rate uh, to, to get the maintenance grant known as the non-adjacent rate. We have reduced the the distance from 45 kilometres to 30 kilometres. So that's pretty significant. And what that means for somebody who's falling into the new band um, between 30 and 45 kilometers and beyond 45 kilometers um, is that you're, you'll see an increase in your grant of about 2015 euros. So that's pretty big. Um, in addition to that, we've also increased the, the application income thresholds by a thousand euros. Um, that hasn't been increased in about 14 years. Um, that will, Allow more people, obviously, to qualify for the SUSE Grant. So, at its most basic, um, you have the um, you have the forty thousand euro income threshold up to about fifty um, thousand. That's the band where you fall in for different uh, rates of the SUSE Grant. So, forty goes up to forty one, and fifty goes up to fifty one. So, more people will qualify for the grants. So, it's, but I, I, I'm I'm want to caution all of this by saying. That's not the end of it. The, the review, as I say, is underway. And uh, the, I expect there will be uh, more changes when we when we get the, the outcome from the review and we see what those are and try and put them into place. But uh, but I think the, the main change is reducing the, the um, non-adjacent uh, uh, distance from your college from 45 to 30 kilometers will help thousands of students. There's about 70,000 students available of the SUSIE support scheme every year. So it's it's a lot of a lot of people are helped. So I think that's good news.
0: Yeah, it is. And it has been welcomed as good news. And I've seen overwhelmingly positive response from students for the most part on Twitter and across social media, which is great to see. I guess there is a bracket or a group of students who aren't entitled to, to the SUSIE grant and still find themselves really struggling with fundamental issues. Like, you know, it's so hard not to kind of see in bright shining lights that there is a massive ongoing rental crisis and like I don't think any addition to budgeting or anything like that any extra monies will really overshadow the fact that there are students who literally don't have somewhere to live. They're roaming the streets in Dublin was the latest article I I read this morning in the Irish Times and I mean that's just a really terrible state of affairs I think.
1: Look not everybody not everybody qualifies for Susie Grant as you know Uh, We all know that. Um, But but students do experience financial hardship. And that's why last year we more than doubled the student assistance fund. Right. It's a a fund of money that every college um, gets their their student, their student office, their student services office have this funding uh, and they can give that funding at their discretion to students if they apply for it if they're experiencing um, financial hardship or if they have a very, very pressing need. So I'll give you an example. Um, We've given the University of Limerick 1.028 million euros for its student assistance fund. The um, TUS, which is a new technological university of Shannon Midlands Midwest, the Limerick campus, the student assistance fund is receiving 643,000 euros and Mary Immaculate the Student Assistance Fund is receiving €393,000. That's a significant, that's, that's big money in terms of uh, funding. That's o- over €2 million, euros which is available to students attending the three Limerick um, colleges.
0: And is this money separate to monies available for mental health facilities, or is this all part of the Student Assistance?
1: It's, it's separate. Um, mental health supports, we, we've given the University of Limerick 284000 We've given Toos 272,000, and we've given Mary I 104,000. So, the Student Assistance Fund—I I, I think students really need to, to tune into this. It's available. You apply. There's an application process. There's a criteria. There's a—it's assessed. Your application is assessed.
0: What is the criteria, and its most basic form?
1: It, it's basically need. If a student can demonstrate um, that they that they have financial hardship, that they don't have the, the, the resources themselves and that they need to to avail of financial assistance. Um, there's huge amounts of discretion um, afforded to, to colleges, <coughs> excuse me, to colleges and to, to student service officers in yeah. administering the grant money. So, um, you know, there's big money there for students to be able to tap into if they have a financial crisis or if they have a financial hardship, so just I think we need to we need to get that word out there and uh, make sure that everybody's aware of it.
0: Absolutely, the Student Assistance Fund, and that's available in all uh, universities and institutions across the country as well, which is important. Where is the best place to find out more on that? Would you go directly to your campus to the administration's office?
1: Yeah, so you go to your student services office or your student admin office. Uh, they call they've got different names in different colleges, but basically it's where students go for help and assistance, um, and they have the money, they have the forms to apply. Uh, as I say to you, it's big money. Each college is independent. They run themselves autonomously, as you know. Um, we, we don't, I as a minister, or you know, um, the, the, the politicians, or, or the civil servants in our department in Dublin, we don't have the discretion over the spending of this money. It's entirely at the discretion of the colleges. We, we administer the money to the colleges, and we give them full autonomy and discretion as to how they disperse the money.
0: Okay, great. That's, great. That's really, really good to know. Um, It wasn't something I was aware of and I'm sure there will be students tuning in this morning as well and it may be news to them. I suppose what I do really need to kind of address is the fact that students are without accommodation. You know, there have been reports of students that are commuting over six hours a day. They're spending hundreds of euros a week on petrol or on student transport um, or public transport, I should say. And then there are situations where they just cannot find accommodation. And I was really appalled recently and this is a story in the South West where there was a landlord offering a room to rent for €600 a month and it was written in the advertisement that there was no access to kitchen facilities. I think it's appalling that students are up against this or young people in general and I really don't know if they stand a chance in making a good attempt at kicking off their academic journey when they've got just no support when it comes to finding student accommodation. There is a massive crisis and there's no accommodation available.
1: Yeah, you're, you're dead right. Um, and it's a perfect storm. And, and uh, we have to try and find solutions to this very, very quickly. COVID has had a huge impact because a lot of people um, participated in the rent a room scheme. Um, a lot of our older uh, generations, people who didn't have, whose siblings have grown up and gone away, who have spare rooms in their house, who live uh, near the campuses of college, they're not making their rooms available because of COVID. Um, they're fearful and um, they're semi-cocooning. That has taken a lot of um, capacity out of the system. Um, So, too, has the housing crisis. Um, The the whole student accommodation um, demand is is being impacted by the wider housing crisis. Uh, The rental market is very, very buoyant, as we know. And um, people are looking, landlords are looking at options of of renting their houses uh, to non students, whereas um, maybe heretofore they, they looked to the student market. There has been obviously an issue in Dublin, for example, where the city council granted temporary change of use of planning permission from student accommodation. It was a decision which I condemned widely, others condemned it widely. And I've instructed, um, or sorry, at least the government has instructed uh, all local authorities not to grant any change of use of planning permissions from student accommodation to any other use. And in addition to that, the government has also instructed each local authority to do out a needs assessment in each local authority area you know so everybody knows what the demand what the capacity is and what the demand is and that we can all work to to to, to bridging that gap we've, we've we've implemented one major change in the last number of weeks Louise um, heretofore institutes of technology uh, Limerick Institute of Technology at Institute Institute Technology are all our institutes of technology around the country <coughs> weren't um, allowed under legislation, to borrow money to build purpose-built student accommodation on their own campuses, or indeed anywhere. Uh, We've now changed that, uh, and rightly so. So um, our our new technological university, TUS um, Midlands Midwest, and all our technological universities around the country, which uh, we we will have two new ones uh, pretty shortly, uh, in the Southeast, and the Connacht-Ulster Alliance. So pretty much all of our institutes of technology will now become Uh, Sorry, all our our institutes of technology will now become technological universities. They will all be now mandated and permitted to borrow money to build their own on uh, campus um, purpose-built student accommodation. And we've asked them to make their to to start developing their plans straight away. So we've changed the law. We will provide them with the low cost finance and we'll allow them to do it. And the fact that they're developing and will be developing this purpose-built student accommodation on their own campuses, means they don't have site costs, uh, which lowers the cost of delivery. Uh, we're giving them uh, low-cost finance, which will help in the cost of delivery, uh, which will ultimately um, ensure that the, the rent, which will be have to be charged to students, uh, won't be extortionate are uh, beyond yeah. the reach of most students, because that has been an issue also with some purpose-built student accommodation.
0: Absolutely. I was just going to make that point. I've actually uh, had heard a lot from students about kind of this idea of on-campus accommodation being quite elitist and out of budget for a lot of people. And it's very hard for students to understand. Like, do you think there should be some regulations around where that cost is capped?
1: Yeah, so we so we have... Um, student accommodation is included in rent pressure zones, um, so increases are subject to, to the caps, which are um, dictated by the rent pressure zones. But equally, we have engaged with um, the, the colleges. Now, now, it's not so much an issue in the Southwest. It is an issue um, in some of the Dublin campuses. And, um, you know, we have engaged with, with, with those institutions and those universities. Look, student accommodation um, needs to be practical. It needs to be up to standard, obviously, but it doesn't need to be five star. You know, when you're building yeah. five star accommodation, you have to charge five star prices to recover the cost and, and to, uh, you know, to, to 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 make the to make it pay for itself. You know, it needs to be comfortable. It needs to be efficient. It needs to be up to standard, but it doesn't have to be extortionate and exorbitant. Yeah. Um, so th- that's the point. But the key here is supply. And the government has also, as you know, produced um, a new policy where we want to build 33,000 houses per annum for the next uh, Ten years in our housing for all program. That too will have a big impact in terms of bringing on a supply of um, houses into the private rental sector, which will obviously uh, be available. Some of those will be available to students also. So we so we recognise the problem and we're doing a lot to counteract it. And I would say this um, also, if I can, Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of your listeners won't know this, but if if a person rents a room in their in their house to a student or to anybody under the the revenue. Uh, rent a room scheme, you can earn up to 14,000 euros tax-free. So if if a person has one or two rooms and they rent them to students, they they can do so um, and earn up to 14,000 euros tax-free. There isn't too many um, parts of the Irish Taxation Code where you can earn up to 14,000 euros tax-free. So I think we need to get that word out there also, that if you have spare capacity in your residence or in a dwelling, uh, consider renting it to a student because you can earn that 14,000 euros.
0: Just quickly before we move on to to speak about student mental health, I would like you to just take a moment maybe to advise or to share a piece of advice to a student that's tuning in this morning and feels as though they're at the end of their tether when it comes to finding student accommodation if they are in that bracket of students that have just not been able to find accommodation. They're commuting lengthy commutes every day. They're on Twitter selling their soul to the devil in a bid to try and find a room. What advice do you have to that student this morning?
1: Yeah, so there's no short term quick fix solution that I can offer students here. What I would advise students is obviously to um, keep in touch with their accommodation officer within their own college campus. uh, Keep an eye on the rental market. Um, But but also, um, and I know this from speaking to people in the hotel uh, sector, um, the hotels, to be fair, have stepped up to the mark here in terms of offering uh, very, very keen, uh, keenly priced uh, deals for students for midweek accommodation. I know that's not perfect, uh, and I'm not advocating it it as a a solution, but it's a stopgap and maybe a a short-term, interim solution that some students may have to think of. But what I want to reassure um, your, your listeners, Louise, and people listening to this, um, the government is doing everything possible uh, to increase uh, the supply of purpose-built student accommodation. There is planning permission in existence right across the country for about 12,000 uh, purpose-built student accommodation uh, units in terms of beds, uh, bed units. So there's capacity, so this planning permission has been granted, uh, which yet hasn't been taken up by developers or by colleges to build that student accommodation um, and I would urge the colleges to, to take up those planning permissions um, ASAP uh, and that's in conjunction with the other changes which I've mentioned to you earlier in terms of allowing colleges to, to, to borrow, to build.
0: Let's talk about student mental health supports now because I know that in the budget there was a 37 million euro increase to facilities and supports for student mental health. Now, in saying that, last week on this show we spoke with Trasa Fox. Trasa is the head of student counselling at Tooth Midlands. And Trasa said that we are really in weightless territory when it comes to providing adequate support to students who need counselling. The recommended ratio for counsellors on college campus as to students is one to one thousand. And according to Trassa Fox, we are nowhere near that at all.
1: That's something that, that's an issue that we recognize um, has been underfunded for the last number of years. And and again, similar to the student assistance fund, we have doubled the funding which we've made available for student mental health services, and that is, uh, and and that will allow um, the colleges to 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 engage uh, more uh, counsellors, uh, more more therapists, more psychotherapists, and to buy um, mental uh, to to buy in mental health supports um, if necessary or, or where required.
0: And how long will it take to see this though on our campuses? I mean, will this be a year, two years, or is this something that can happen immediately?
1: No, it's, of course, it's something that can happen immediately. Um, the colleges have the funding now to do it. Um, 284,000 for the University of Limerick, 272 for two, uh, the Limerick campus, and 104,000 for the Mary Immaculate uh, College. Um, and that's big money. And that, that again, that gives um, the, the student welfare officers um, huge autonomy in terms of how, and, and discretion in terms of how they spend that money. And, um, they, they can create a budget for an individual student if they need specific one-to-one. Um, they can they can buy in uh you know, they can buy in uh, block, uh, block hours of uh, therapy and, and support. Uh look, it's it's wide and varied. Um, you know, it's not prescriptive in terms of when, when we give the colleges this money, it's not prescriptive. Uh we 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 don't put too much criteria with it. Obviously, yes, the money has to be accounted for properly, but we're saying to the colleges, And to the student welfare officers, um, here is the money, uh, go and spend it on students' mental health as required and support students in their mental health uh, if they put up their hand for it. Um, And here's the money, go spend it and, and don't be returning it to us at the end of the year.
0: Well, I don't think there will be anything to be returned, but I think there are some unfortunate statistics surrounding it. Um, obviously, there was that fantastic initiative during COVID and during the pandemic, the 50808 helpline that allowed people to text for free and to avail of services um, over text and over the phone. But we have been hearing reports here on SPIN and students getting in touch saying that they have gone to their student counsellors in the likes of UL, to Midlands, Toos Midwest, and they have reached out they have actively said they need to see a counselor and they've been put on waiting lists of up to 5 to 6 weeks which i think is way too long when it comes to your mental health
1: yeah i would agree with that and and that's why we've doubled the funding to it um there shouldn't be a wait a wait time uh, of 5 to 6 weeks and certainly if there was any um if there's any specific instances of that um i i would say to any of your listeners louise feel please get in touch with me directly direct message me across social media or, or email me at Nile, Nile.collins at I'd be happy to take up any individual causes.
0: Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you for that, Minister Collins. And finally, uh, we will just mention another win, I think, for young female students in particular, although I have to ask the question as to why there are age restrictions on this particular um, initiative. It was announced by government a matter of weeks ago that free contraception would be made available for young females aged between 17 and 25 years old. I think the initiative is a great one. It's very welcomed by young females, although... I'm struggling to understand the logic or the sense behind only making this resource available to young females aged between 17 and 25.
1: Yeah, and it's a very fair question. And uh, a lot of people have raised that. Basically, there's an age cutoff. Uh, It's just to do with budget. Um, um, There there was an amount of money um, available for this initiative, which I think is a great initiative. It's part of our programme for government to expand it way beyond... Um, to, to everybody, not, not just to 17 to 25 year olds um, and that's in the program for government but this is a start, it's the first step on the road, um, it's a fairly significant um, um, public health policy um, uh, departure, one which I fully, fully support and I had lobbied myself, I had lobbied um, the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly to try and initiate uh, th- this, whole, um, th- this whole measure Quite early in the life of the government, so we've done it pretty much in year one of this new government, which I think is 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 really really good. So, like we've known that um, cost has been a barrier to to women in terms of accessing contraception, and that the cost and the burden disproportionately uh, falls on women in relation to to contraception. And you know, when I speak to to the doctors and the GP communities, um, you know, when they when they meet and treat treat women. Um, in relation to contraception and pregnancy issues uh, all along. They've, they've then sent them away uh, back into the regime that has uh, quite often failed them. So the, the new, um, um, the, the, the new, this new initiative will allow for um, better and safer forms of contraception, obviously, to be availed of um, by, by women from 17 to 25, uh, obviously free. And uh, we will be obviously rolling that out into our higher age brackets over the next number of months and years.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I think that absolutely needs to happen and it would make entire sense for it to be rolled out to females of all ages, um, no doubt about that. Just finally and very quickly before we wrap things up, Minister Collins, I am going to ask, and this is, a stu- this is a question we hear from students and uh, I think it's an area of concern for students that we have consistently heard about since the return and the reopening of colleges this academic year. There are still obviously COVID guidelines in place. There are restrictions in place when it comes to social distancing and the full reopening of venues and aspects of their social life such as nightclubs and it still is an integral part of your college journey being able to fully participate in your college social life. Do you think that by the end of this academic year students will be able to enjoy a fully functional and a fully open social life again?
1: I do. Um, and we're not far off that at the moment. Uh, to be fair, we're in a very, very good space um, considering what we've, what we've been through and where we've come from. And I think we might just, um, you know, we, we, we might see proof of vaccination uh, use of our COVID digital certificates. Um, that might have to stay with us for another while, but these are decisions which um, government will take over the next number of days. What, what, I, what I would take this opportunity to say is this, there's about 370,000 people who are unvaccinated or who haven't taken for various reasons, who haven't been vaccinated or who haven't taken the vaccination. Some of those are students and I would encourage everybody to take the vaccination. We had the uh, vaccination day um, um, in uh, right across all our colleges, third level institutions, three weeks ago, three and a half thousand people turned up for uh, students turned up for their first vaccination. That's a big, big number. Um, they obviously will receive their second vaccination in the coming week, and we will run further vaccination uh, campaigns and clinics. So that's my um, that's my call out uh, for 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 everybody in relation to vaccination. Three hundred seventy thousand people is a big okay while it's about eight or nine percent of our population cohort it's still a huge number of people uh, and it impacts on everybody so i would urge people to, to get their vaccinations the sooner we have everybody vaccinated um uh the better uh, and the sooner we can get back to full normality but we are in a good space and and we're getting there
0: Absolutely. Well, look, we echo all of that here on Spin Southwest as always. Fantastic to have you on the show, Minister for Further Education and Skills, Minister Niall Collins. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on Spin Sun Skull. Thank you very much. Spin Sun Skull is proudly sponsored by Griffith College Limerick. Hit refresh with Griffith College at griffithcollege.ie. Spin Skull. Get the podcast every Friday on the Spin app,
1: powered by Go Loud.